2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: The Chargers
3: and Jets played an ugly game on Monday night. That's understating it. Also, C.J. Stroud is the man. And if Ryan Tannehill plays over Will Levis, then Mike Vrabel should be fired. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Today.
4: Searching all major sports. Found.
2: Let's start with the biggest story.
3: It might have been a loser leaves town match between the LA Chargers and the New York Jets, with two teams hoping to be in the mix in the AFC playoff race. The Jets, of course, hoping they can get Aaron Rodgers back by some miracle this season to do it. The Chargers had their quarterback and didn't really need Justin Herbert for most of Monday night's game, a 27 6 game that was dominated by this chargers defense daniel wade from locked on chargers joins me now and and daniel i i didn't want to put the much maligned sticker on them given how they played in this game but they have been a much maligned group here uh what changed beyond they got to play zach wilson
5: yeah i mean i think it's they got to play zach wilson and you know an offensive line that i believe has four starters on injured reserve right that's what it should have looked like By the chargers pass rush in this game but you have you know joey bosa tuli Tuli Pelotu, and cleo mac all going for two plus sacks in this game i mean it was total domination but to your point man like that's not a given right just going up against zach wilson and this jets offense is not just a given that they're going to go out there and dominate them the way that they did so this is a huge step in the right direction with the pieces that they're missing offensively to see the game they got in this one from their defense. You also get a special teams touchdown from Darius Davis, the rookie. It's hugely encouraging, man, because they're going to need it, right? The offense will have to be better in the games coming up. But to get this performance from your defense and special teams is not something Chargers fans have got to see very often.
3: Yeah, I mean, the Jets beat the Eagles scoring 20. They also put 20 points on the Kansas City Chiefs who have one of the best defenses in the league as well. Uh, Offensively, do do you chalk up a, a sort of Middling Justin Herbert game to, hey, this Jets defense is really good. Or is there more here? Because I think a a lot of people, myself included, thought that this offense with Kellen Moore was going to be a much more dynamic passing attack than what we've seen through half a season.
5: Yeah, I, I think that's all fair. I mean, I think the biggest thing that is concerning for this offense continues to be the offensive line. And then now kind of creeping up on that is the lack of firepower, because we all know how great Keenan Allen is. But I just don't think many people understand how much has been taken out of this offense with Mike Williams going on injured reserve down for the season. And now Joshua Palmer, who was truly having a breakout season, you know, before he ended up on injured reserve right before this game. So missing two of your top three receivers combined with a first-round pick in Quentin Johnston who's just not there yet. I mean, frankly, that's just, it is what it is, right? Like he is tonight, you know, basically totally disappeared, being covered by Sauce Gardner, which is like the toughest matchup you could give to a rookie wide receiver. Yeah, that's going to happen. I'm not going to put too much stock into this one, but when you combine that with a total inability to run the ball against the Jets defense that gives up, I think, 145 rushing yards per game, the offensive line, man is where it all starts. And even in this game, I mean, Justin Herbert for most of this one was running for his life. He ended up picking up a couple of key first downs with his legs, which I think you're going to have to see more and more from him. Hopefully as that left middle finger that's broken on his left hand finally heals a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I think it stems from the offensive line and like that didn't get, you, you, there was no boon for that group in this game, right? You don't come out of this game feeling like, okay. Oh, okay, well, at least now the offensive line is kind of living up to potential. That's going to come back to haunt them. Defensively, you you
3: mentioned the Zach Wilson part of it. This has been a group, as I mentioned, that has been an inconsistent bunch over the course of the season. Anything you saw on Monday night that you think is replicable moving forward? Like, okay, this is the way that they're going to have to win defensively.
5: I mean, I think the wild thing to say is it's their run defense. Like the Chargers have been a historically bad run defense defense over the last few seasons and this year they've totally flipped the switch i mean i think like half the league is allowing less than four yards per carry so i think it's a a league-wide type of thing but like the chargers averaged are allowed an average of 5.4 yards per carry for the season last year right so for that unit to be able to come through and set guys like joey bosa and Khalil mack and this rookie tui tui up, tui tui up Like, that's huge. That makes all the difference. I mean, if you're living in third and three and people are just able to get the ball out quickly and frustrate Joey Bosa because he's not able to get there in time, that is a recipe for disaster. And I think what you're seeing is the run defense is good, which is helping out the pass rush. And I think what you're also seeing is this pass rush is covering up a lot of weaknesses the Chargers have in the secondary.
3: Stay up to date all year on the LA Chargers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Chargers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for ranking Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, CJ Stroud is here and he is awesome. Before we get to that, it was a bonkers day for Major League Baseball managers. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You have to check out some action tonight. Central Michigan takes on Western Michigan. You know it's going to be lit when the directional Michigan square off. FanDuel has it as a close one. Western Michigan laying three points at home. You can also combine bets for bigger parlay. Combine multiple money lines or create a single game parlay with multiple prop bets parlays make the sports watching experience that much more fun. So visit fanduelcom slash locked on and do the NFL season right. Fanduel official partner of the NFL.
2: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: In a day full
2: of manager
3: hires, the craziest one was the already employed Craig Council jumping ship from the Milwaukee Brewers to the Chicago Cubs, who also already employed a manager
1: in David Ross. It is November 6th, 2023 at 3.31 p.m. Central Time, and the Chicago Cubs have just become serious contenders. They are serious. It is real. It is a real thing, okay? And I am not in the business as well of trying to say, hey, I told you so. But you know this better than anybody because we've had so many conversations off the air before we had a show. I did not think that this specific manager, David Ross, was the answer and and could seriously win a World Series. Mm -hmm. And not only, not only did they move on from him, But they got the best possible guy. Because if you watch my show on Friday, I had my birthday wishes. What was number one? Does anybody remember? Anybody remember on my win? It was improving the margins. The margins are done. It's done. We don't have to worry about it. I don't think I'm going to say the word margins from November 7th on. It's solved. Why right. is it solved? Why is it solved? Because we got a manager that wins 90 games a year with no money. We got a manager that wins one-run games for breakfast, that makes the right decision, that has a plan. It is it is, the absolute solution to the margins. I believe, and maybe I'm overreacting. We know I've done that before, but I believe – That If you got the exact same production as the Cubs did in 2023 with Craig Council and just subbing Craig Council to David Ross, I think we're talking about a 90-win team.
3: The move left Brewers fans stunned.
1: Hi, everybody. Chuck Freeman, Lockdown Brewers, with some instant reaction here. I'm just stunned. I am floored to hear the news that Craig Council is leaving for the Chicago Cubs. Milwaukee guy, he bleeds Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, it's one thing he goes to the Mets or Cleveland. But the Chicago Cubs, who didn't even have an opening, didn't even have an opening, leaving to go to the rival Cubs, who you've owned the last few years. I mean, we're going to be talking more about this on Lockdown Brewers coming up here a little bit later on this afternoon. But this absolutely is a stunner and the Mets had been expected
3: to sign council but instead picked Aaron Boone's bench coach the New York Mets
6: have hired their next manager and it is not Craig council according to reports from Jeff Passan and others the Mets are hiring Carlos Mendoza to be their new manager he is the longtime bench coach for Aaron Boone and the New York Yankees and now he takes center stage with the Mets as their manager Ryan Fickelstein, the host of Locked on Mets. And on tomorrow's show, I'll be reacting to all of it. Mendoza became a hot managerial candidate, was a finalist for the Padres job as well. So they swoop in, they actually preempt council's announcement by announcing their own decision on Mendoza. And he is going to be the manager for the New York Mets. So a lot that will follow here. And we're breaking it all down
3: on Locked on Mets. And the Guardians are replacing Terry Francona
0: with someone who has... No managerial experience. A cloud of white smoke appeared, and then Stephen Vogt came out behind it. I'm Justin Latikos of Lockdown Guardians. The Guardians finally named their new manager on Monday. It is Stephen Vogt, 39-year-old ex-catcher who retired just about a year ago, a little more than a year ago. Spent last season on the Mariners coaching staff as the bullpen coach and quality control coach. He is succeeding Longtime manager Terry Francona The two could not be any different Steven Vogt comes with no managerial experience Terry Francona came to Cleveland with lots of managerial experience A World Series ring in a place that hadn't won a World Series in a long time Steven Vogt's got a, some big shoes to fill uh, But he also worked under former managers like Craig Council And very well liked by players Personality is very similar to Terry Francona Has a little bit of background in analytics as well uh, with his quality control position. But that's the new manager of the Guardians. Stay tuned to Lockdown Guardians tomorrow for more.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
0: CJ Stroud could not
3: be stopped on Sunday. 470 yards, five touchdowns, a rookie record-setting performance. Joining me now from On NFL Draft, He made Damian Lillard the second most important Damian to be acquired in the last year. He is now part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Damian Parson. And Damian, it looks like now, in retrospect, at least narratively, we
4: overthought CJ Stroud. What did we miss? Man, it feels like the tape. (laughs) It feels like a lot of people just kind of, there were a lot of helmet scouting going on, you know, Mm. like, We've seen, you know, Justin Fields hasn't had the, the best start to his career. You know, we've seen you a litany me. of a litany of Ohio State quarterbacks that come through the league. And I feel like he, he, dealt with that stigma right of being just another ohio state quarterback that's sure. not going to work in the nfl comes from a qb uh friendly system and offense he's got Marvin harrison jr ameke buka jsn chris Olave, garrett wilson all of those things and people use that to to kind of play it against him. or right? you know to to say well you know what maybe he's not as accurate as the tape shows maybe he's not as great as the numbers show but I feel like this process, if anything, it, we really, as a community in the draft and NFL space, we should really kind of go back to this draft and look at it and say, all right, what's, what, tra- what can translate? When I'm talking about watching tape beat, that's what I'm, I'm writing now. Translatable reps. Can you repeat it? And when you do there's a phrase. If somebody, When someone tells you who they are, believe them. And CJ Stroud told us that he was the best pure pocket passer or best pure passer in this class. And, and, and you know, AR has the higher ceiling. Bryce was the kind of magician out of the, out of the three. And Will Levis has a, a litany of tools himself. But CJ Stroud was the best passer in this draft class. And I feel like we definitely as a community overthought this situation. Yeah, and part
3: of that phrase that I think is also important is believe them the first time. And CJ Stroud did it like over and over, and and I think that that Georgia game was the one where you go, okay, if he's that guy, he's a star, and guess what? So far, he looks like he's that guy, and so that sets up a really fascinating situation now because the Panthers, and by the way, these two teams face off coming up here, the Panthers traded DJ Moore, and now their receiving core is a, a, a... (laughs) a, a, An <laughs> I, I was trying to find a Halloween metaphor um but but the zombie metaphor didn't quite make it with Adam Thielen I was trying to be a little more diplomatic than that but it's just not the same and and you right. see it, it just doesn't look like it did at Alabama so are we is it too early
4: to be like mm, uh-oh for Carolina I feel like do I, do I think that CJ Stroud was a better pure player than than um Bryce, I I did, you know, but you throw him into this kind of tumultuous situation that's going on in Carolina, he doesn't look great either, you know. And yeah. I, I'll give that Bryce that credit to where things. And I went to Panthers training camp, and I I called Keith, who's my co-host of Locked on NFL Draft. I called a couple other of my friends that you know around around uh, the uh, social media atmosphere and in 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 this industry, and I said, listen, I don't like what I see at the Carolina Panthers training camp, and um, It kind of it, everything that I saw that I didn't like it boiled over into the season. So I think the situation for them is they, if they could have traded Brian Burns and kept DJ Moore, yeah. I feel like things will look a little bit better. But then the offensive line is still a big work in progress right now. And Um, I think it's just all of it in general is just, it's just tough. So I think CJ would still have his struggles as well. But, you know, even when those guys are both protected and that's one thing I would tell anybody, you watch them when they're both, when they do have time in the pocket and things are even CJ Stroud's ball placement, his accuracy, his arm to everything is just a, it's just a next level, man. This young man has the potential to be a special quarterback in this league. And it's not as if it's everyone around him doing like these
3: virtuoso performances. He's got Nico Collins, Tank Dell, who's also a rookie, who was a polarizing draft prospect as well. John Messi coming
4: off of, uh, was it cancer last year?
3: Right. And it was basically a rookie in in this system. And, and you've got a first-time offensive coordinator who's like a former pro football focus guy. And it's like, okay, how is this all going to work? And and it has it has worked beyond anyone's expectations. 100%. And, and by the way, Will Anderson, they traded up um, for him after they took CJ Stroud. He's been check any stat you want. Watch the tape. He has been disruptive, just like he was at Alabama. Right now, this draft looks double, like an commanding double
4: teams as a rookie. Home run for Houston. Absolutely, absolutely. He's he's been phenomenal, man. They They. They've knocked it out the park, this, this 2023 NFL draft. And a lot of times, it's so easy to see teams that have multiple first-round picks and just assume that they're going to just kill it, that they're going to just draft a bet. We've seen it, right? Remember, I think it was the Cleveland Browns that they took, was it Justin Gilbert and Johnny Manziel? Manziel. We, we've seen teams When the Raiders had three, they, they took three players and might not have any next year. Correct. So it's like we've seen teams with the draft capital still not hit home runs. The Houston Texans hit home runs. Stay in the know
3: on all things NFL Draft by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On NFL Draft on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Mike Vrabel has an easy decision that he can't get wrong.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: Will Levis has played well to begin his career for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill is on the mend and could be ready to return soon. Locked on Titans host Tyler Rowland believes this decision should be one that if Mike Vrabel gets wrong, then he should be fired.
6: If Mike Vrabel plays Ryan Tannehill over Will Levis, he should be fired by the Tennessee Titans. My name's Tyler Rowland, host of the Locked on Titans podcast. I think Mike Vrabel is a good football coach. I think he's in the top half of the NFL, maybe the top one-third of the NFL. But I don't think that he's somebody that you can't replace. I don't think he's somebody that you couldn't find better. The reality here is the Titans are 3-5. and five. The roster isn't good enough to make a deep run. And right now, the development of Will Levis as the potential future quarterback for the Titans is the most important thing for this season. So if Mike Vrabel makes the decision to play Tannehill over him, it's a fireable offense in my opinion. Now we're hearing reports that the Patriots could be interested in trading for Mike Vrabel, reports that maybe Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel don't always see eye to eye. I think if the Titans can move Mike Vrabel for a first-round pick to the Patriots, they absolutely have to do it, and then you replace him with an offensive-minded head coach like maybe a Ben Johnson from the Detroit Lions.
3: There is the normal, you have to see what the kid has kind of argument here. I don't even think we need to make that one in this case. Putting Ryan Tannehill back out there when he was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league to start the season is just a fundamental misreading of the talent currently on your roster. Putting Ryan Tannehill back out there just doesn't make any sense. For what? It was easy before we saw Will Levis. To say, oh, well, the talent on this team is just not good enough. Except now we've seen the skill talent with Will Levis and it looks a lot better than it did with Ryan Tannehill. Which is to say, Will Levis is just the better quarterback for the Titans right now. And there is no decision or almost no decision a coach can make that is more impactful on winning than who the quarterback is. So I don't think it's fair to the team to put the wrong guy out there, which is to say that if you're Mike Vrabel, you are hurting your team if Will Levis is not the quarterback moving forward. And it is a decision that is too important to get wrong. And finally, the Big Ten formally notified Michigan that it could be facing disciplinary action from the league. This is where we are in college sports. The NCAA moves at such a glacial pace that conferences are left to police themselves. Also informing someone that they could be possibly facing discipline is something, but I guess the Big 10 police look a lot like Connor Stallions as a police officer with the mustache and the goatee. I, yeah, you got to I guess you got to see it. You got to see it. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, do we know more about the teams who are Super Bowl contenders or the teams that aren't? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason,